It's time for Career Stories with Launch. I'm your host, James Enzer. Each month, I interview Cone Health leaders across the system to learn about the career paths they have taken. Whether you are just starting your career or are a number of years into your career, we can all learn from someone else's story. Career Stories with Launch is all about sharing, learning, and growing together. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to Career Stories with Launch. Our guest today is Laverne Delaney. Laverne is the Chief Nursing Officer and Vice President of Patient Care Services at Alamance Regional Medical Center. Thank you for joining us today, Laverne. Thank you for asking. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your role? So as the Chief Nursing Officer of Alamance Regional, I am responsible for making sure that the nursing care it practice across the um, campus is sufficient and that we're meeting quality outcomes for our patients. And I'd have to make sure that that is in conjunction with the system as well. That's got to be a big undertaking. Yes. <laughs> so what brought you to Cone Health? So what brought me to Cone Health was actually more personal. Um, my father lived in Danville and he became ill. And I wanted to get closer to him because at the time I was living in Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. And that drive was getting kind of hard. And my father told me about Moses Cone. And I was like, I've never heard of that hospital. <laughs> and I said, let me try it out. And so I started researching and learning about Moses Cone. And I liked what their values were. And I liked the fact of what they were doing for patient care. So I started off at Moses Cone Hospital. Okay. So what was your first position at Cone? A department director of what at the time was 3300, which was an intermediate care unit. So what were your successive moves after that, and and how did you get from there to where you're at today? Well, I'm one of these people who really feel like I am led to positions, Um, but as a department director, I knew eventually I wanted to go to be like over a service line, Mm -hmm. and so I went from a department director, it was actually, I think, after a year and a half, um, my service line director decided she wanted to retire, and I looked at her and said, oh no, too soon, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I asked her, I said, just knowing who I am and knowing how I lead, what do you think? Should I go for the position? And she said yes. And so that was the director of nursing for cardiovascular and um, intensive care unit services. So I applied for it and I was able to achieve that position. And I really wanted to do cardiovascular was my master's degree in nursing. Um, It was in critical care. So that's why my focus was more towards cardiovascular services. And then my background is cardiovascular services as well. And so when I took on that role, I think I was in that role probably seven years and loved that role Mm because I loved working with the nurses and physicians. And I also worked with system-wide, even though I was at Moses Cone, I was able to work with um, like the telemetry leaders or cardiac leaders at Wesley and at Annie Penn. So you got a little bit of exposure elsewhere. Yes. And so I think that exposure prepared me for this role. Mm -hmm. Even though this role is hospital-based, it still helped me to learn how different facilities work. Um, because this was a community-based hospital. I was a little nervous at first because I used to work for Virginia Beach General and that was community-based and at the time I had come from University of Virginia and when I went there I kept saying, ooh, I don't know if this is where I want to work. It's too small. Mm -hmm. I want something bigger. So that's why I went to Moses Cone. So when I came to Alamance, I kind of went, uh-oh, I'm going back to the small again. Not sure is what I really want. but I really liked the culture and environment of this campus. It was family oriented, but yet they had the quality and they had the advancements and the technology that I was looking for. Whereas I think at the time when I first went to Virginia Beach, they didn't have those advancements. I see. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit, you know, when you had that meeting with the department director, and you, I'm assuming it was a meeting, and you said, you know, 
you're too soon, don't leave now. Mm -hmm. And then you asked her, do you think I'm fit for this position? What was going through your mind at the time? Like before you had learned that she was going to leave, did you ever consider it? Or did you think, you know, now's not the time, maybe a few years down the line? So I did consider it. I thought I could get two more years. <laughs> and I will say, actually, she called me. I remember now I was at a conference and she called to let me know she was retiring. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, my mind started going, oh, my goodness, this is what my next transition I wanted to do. But if she's retiring now, then that may mean it's going to be five or six years before I can transition there. Because I really wanted to stay with Cone. Mm-hmm. I really liked Cone Health. Um and so I immediately told her, I said, when I get back in town, can we set up a time and a meet? And we met one-on-one, and I talked to her about the fact of this was my tra- goal. And she knew it because mm-hmm. we used to meet frequently. I think we used to meet at least monthly okay. um, to talk about goals and what transitions would be. So she knew that was my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was nervous. I didn't know if I was ready. I had been a manager before, like I said, in Virginia. Um, and I had only been direct department director here for a year and a half, so it made me kind of go, ooh, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I am ready. But she helped to remind me that when I was in Virginia, I had multiple departments. So I was a manager there, but I had five departments. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I came here, I had one department. And she said, think about it. She said, you have basically, ha- you have that one department, you were to bring up another, I was going to bring up another step-down department at that time. And she said, that shows you wanted more. You were building yourself up for something. Absolutely. And I was like, that's true. I said, I hadn't thought about that. But at the same time, I was still very, very nervous. But I, want, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And one of the things to get there, I went into the master's program with Pfeiffer. Okay. Um, and that was for MHA MBA program. Because I said I need to get prepared for this role. Mm-hmm. So I had already been thinking about that as well. And so she said, maybe a good time, may not. Because if you apply for the job, it may be too much. Tell us a little bit about that transition. You applied for school, you applied for the job, mm-hmm. and did they land almost simultaneously, or did you have a little bit of time to start one versus the other? I was able to start um, the school first. Okay. So I was able to, um, I think I was doing one class at a time. Mm-hmm. And I ended up deciding to do the MHA MBA dual program. Okay. And um, then probably two months later, I did get the position. Um, and that transition was a little different. I, luckily, I had a director of nursing who had been in that role for a while. Mm-hmm. So I was able to have her as my mentor and help me out. and Some support. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the previous director of nursing, even though she was retiring, she ended up going to North Carolina a So I was able to call her quite often. And Local. So yes. Okay. So I had somebody to help with me. And then I, at the time, what we call organizational effectiveness. Mm-hmm. They helped me a lot, too. They helped me learn what leadership classes I needed to take to prepare for the role. So it sounds like you had a lot of support. Oh, yes. That's great. What skills did you need in order to obtain where you're at today? So one skill that I really feel like I needed was coaching. Mm -hmm. That was probably the best um, class that I took was a coaching class. And the reason why I say that was um, a skill that I needed is because with that coaching class, you learn to listen. And you learn to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I know for most of us leaders, our whole goal is to fix things. And going into this type of role and going to the director of nursing role is more than fixing. It's not about you fixing it. It's about you helping people to learn how to fix the problem or how to work on it. Yes. Total different mindset shift. So when I took that course, that helped me so much because I am one that likes to fix. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't listen as well. 
So when I took that course, it really made you learn. And I shouldn't say course. It was um, Cone Health offered it. Okay. And we ended up getting a certification in it. And it really helped me to start asking more questions and listening because before I would be the one to try to solve the problem. Right. Or, and people would sometimes go, well, you're not listening to what I'm saying. And I'm going, oh. So now I listen more and, and I'm very inquisitive. And I think you need that for any kind of leadership role when you get to this level. Do you have any skills now that you wish you had prior to this current role or maybe even a previous role? You know, right when you started out, did you have a skill that you're like, man, I wish I had that right out the gate? So one would be the coaching. Mm -hmm. The other would be financial um, acumen. So going through those courses for the MHA MBA, I learned a lot as far as finances. It helped me understand the budgeting and capital, uh, capital and forecasting. Because um, before, I think when I would budget, I would just live in that moment versus forecasting and planning ahead. Mm -hmm. So I wish I had that as a department director. What has been the biggest challenge you have personally faced here at Cone? Um, so there's been many, but I will focus on the one where I did write the article, Terminal to Success. Okay. That was a huge challenge. Um, came into, had a department, when I ended up becoming department of, I mean, director of nursing, mm -hmm. I had one of my ICUs that um, just struggled, it seemed to always struggle. And what I found was I had some informal leaders in there who were undermining the director. Um, the director was pretty new herself when she first came. So when I became her director of nursing, I think she had been in the role maybe a year. Okay. Um, she had started off with like a 50% vacancy rate. She came in like hiring a lot of new grads, which mm -hmm. is unusual for ICU. Typically, you want experience, but she wasn't getting any experience um, applicants. So she hired new graduates, but she still had these older um, seasoned <laughs> lead, um, nurses who were there who influenced those new nurses. I see. And not so much in the positive way. And then she also didn't have an assistant director. And when she did hire an assistant director, that person seemed to undermine her as well. So she had lots of challenges that she went through as well as myself. And immediately everyone was pointing to, it's the leader, it's the leader, it's the leader. Which actually ended up happening is we had multiple changes occur. Mm -hmm. So it was a unit that was eight beds ICU and I think it was six beds step down. Um, they ended up remodeling the unit so they ended up going to a whole nother unit and working with 10 beds. And when they went to 10 bed ICU that made them say, hey, I wanna stay at all pure ICU units. So when they came back, um, and this was before I became the director of nursing. They made it a 10-bed ICU and a 4-bed step-down. Okay. So they made more ICUs because we were getting more critical patients. Right. However, that messed up the ratios because mm -hmm. typically a step-down ratio is 1 to 3 and ICU is 1 to 2. So if you look at it, it never balanced out. Yeah, so it was, Right. It's always a 1 to 4 mm -hmm. step-down ratio. And when that happened, staff just couldn't make it work. And so they were constantly being um, focused on as far as their productivity and not meeting productivity. And then as I came into the role, I was like, what, what's the problem? What's going on? Because it was just getting worse and worse. People were leaving left and right. So she ended up going from that 0% vacancy rate that she ended up creating and after being at 50 up to 68%. That's a huge vacancy rate. Right. And when that happened, um, we had to really sit down and find out what the problems were. So we had several listening sessions with the staff, listened to the physicians. And a lot of it was system issues. It's because we changed a model, mm -hmm. didn't really listen to the staff to find out what, how to change it. Right, you're we trying to fit implement it back it. to where it was. Right, that's us fixing versus listening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to fix something versus listening to what the main problem was. And it was a huge challenge just because at the time, the physicians were upset. It was a lot of 
backbiting and just people were angry. Just tension. Mm -hmm. Tons of tension that had built up in there. And I think it just, it took probably two years to get it settled. Really? Wow. Mm -hmm. um, but me and the director worked really closely. It meant me being visible, her being visible, constantly having those listening sessions. And then what we ended up doing is making it a pure ICU unit and creating a total separate step-down unit. And you can just see everything change. Because mm -hmm. nurses, when they pick an area that they want to go in, they pick it for a reason. They want an ICU patient population. They're passionate about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And if we were going to create a step-down area, it probably should have been maybe 11 beds ICU, 3 beds step-down. Because what we were doing, we were working them hard, and they weren't used to that model. And it just, it just didn't work well at all. Was that before or after the coaching class? That was actually before the coaching class. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then when you went to the coaching class, probably a few things clicked for you. Yes. Right? Yes. Were you thinking about that experience at the time? Yes. And actually, mm -hmm. I used that experience in the coaching class of how I could have coached my leader differently mm -hmm. and how she could have coached her staff differently. Well, that's wonderful to, mm -hmm. to bring it back around so you can learn from that experience and then take it moving forward. Yes. What has been the proudest moment of your career? So the proudest moment of my career, again, it's going to take me back to school, is um, the fact that I was in the MHA MBA program, um, had become a new director of nursing, then I ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> so I had all these factors going on at one time, but yet I was able to build a team that was able to be self-sufficient while I was off for maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of that moment because I was able to come back and it was just like smooth transition back to that role. That's what you hoped for. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was nervous though because um, I was going, oh my gosh, I've create, worked with this team and we've created all these different processes going on. How are they going to be able to maintain it? Are they going to have the inspiration? But I had put leaders into place and had them in different roles while I went out on um, leave. And I had my vice president, who was awesome and was right there with them to give them that support as well. Mm -hmm. But everything was just smooth sailing when I came back. Oh, that's great. So that was totally my proudest moment. I was like, I was able to have a child, be out for three months, and everything still went well. Mm -hmm. So that was my proudest moment. How did you balance all of that between the child, the you know the learning curve of the new position and then of course learning at school as well how did you balance all of that it was hard <laughs> it was very hard mm -hmm. um what helped to balance it is i had to put some structures in place um so like i had to get an assistant who was still my assistant today um she helped me with my calendar and maintaining my calendar both personally and at work um so that helped i had my husband who was able to help with some things as far as making sure dinner was made <laughs> so we had to really communicate and work together to be able to help balance it out and my team I had a great team who was very supportive whenever I needed any kind of help they would come help me I always told them yes I'm your leader but we're all partners in this together mm -hmm. did you ever have any doubts oh yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. all the time I, I there were times when I said I wasn't going to be able to have my child and do this job um, I even met with some of the directors of nursing across the different campuses and asked them how they did it because I was so nervous um, before I had them. And interesting enough, I thought I was going to get this, oh, you can do it, we can handle, you can handle it. What I got from most of them was, oh, I didn't have a baby when I had this role. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so it, it, it was not what I thought. You're like, that is not helping. Right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, all of them said they had their children prior to this kind of role. I see. And I went, oh boy, I have really messed up. Um, and so my faith 
I basically did a lot of praying mm -hmm. um, because I really didn't know how I was going to handle it. Um, but there was one um, director of nursing who she was pregnant when she got into one of her leadership roles. And what she told me is don't do what she did. She said she had her child. Um, she did not take her full three months. So that helped me because at first I was not either. And she said, take your full three months. She said she only took six weeks, came back to work. And she said, Laverne, it messed up my marriage at the time. It messed up my family with my children. She said, and it messed me up at work. She said, mm -hmm. I could not focus. So she said, one thing I can tell you is don't do that. And I totally listened to her for that because I did take my three months, mm -hmm. even though I was nervous, but my team did an awesome job. Um, and what I learned from that is you got to balance family and work. Right. And if you don't balance those, you won't do well with either. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it worked out. Yes, thank you. Where do you see opportunities at Cone Health in the next few years, or even just healthcare in general? Mm -hmm. You know, we're always thinking about what's coming next and, um, you know, what you wrote about the future. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just curious, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? So Cone Health is definitely going in that right direction of, it's more looking at wellness. And like we have the virtual visits going on now, we have Instacare. We're trying to make sure that we bring healthcare to the public. And I think in general for um, nationally, as far as healthcare, we got to really focus on that while at the same time watching regulations because with all the technology coming on board, we gotta make sure that we're not gonna make um, patients information seek out, you know, slip out or go to where we don't want it to go. <laughs> which that has already happened now. And mm -hmm. then we have the piracy of the different people who d basically um, get into the charts and find out what's going on. We got to make sure we keep our technology up to speed, which I think Cone Health is doing a great job with. Um, I think as far as bringing health care to the community and keeping the community well and keeping them out of the hospital, mm -hmm. so we're moving from inpatient to outpatient, I think that's a huge challenge for people because we still think, Inpatient a lot. Right. Well, that's been healthcare. Right for a long, long period of time. So it's kind of like, how do we refocus that? And even some of my directors are kind of going, "Well, I'm gonna get myself out of a job." And I'm like, "Don't think of it as being out of a job. Just think of it as we're transitioning to outpatient, and you'll probably be doing something more your, outpatient." Your scope will change. Yes. It doesn't go away. Exactly. So what's going to happen with healthcare is we're going to have the sickest of the sickest patients in the hospital. And then outpatient, hopefully we're going to be getting people to take care of themselves and to be able to have access quicker. Like I've always talked about having a mobile unit actually go out and take care of patients versus mm -hmm. them coming to the hospital. Um, hopefully we'll get there one day. And I've looked at holograms coming into people's homes. Oh, wow. So I think we really need to advance our technology like that so that we can help people so that they better care for at home. Um, hospitals, you get sicker, as you probably heard of like the MRSA and the C. Mm -hmm. Those are hospital-acquired infections that we tend to keep happening, and we need to make sure those don't happen. So if we take care of patients and help them with wellness, then it will make life a lot better. So I think our biggest goal is to work on that wellness, work on getting healthcare closer to the patient, and then make sure we watch the regulations and make sure we don't have anybody sneaking up on us with our IT and still in patient information. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because they always say history repeats itself. Yeah. And doctors used to make house calls all the time, mm -hmm. and then they're like, no, let's bring the patients to the hospital. And then now we're like, actually, how about you go see the patient? That's so, true. So that's just a interesting that, that is so true interesting insight well and um one thing with pfeiffer with the master's program they usually have us look at um different countries as far as i mean different yeah countries as far as what they do as far as healthcare. 
And then say, for instance, I actually went to London to look at their health care, and they do still go do house visits. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's worked for them? Yes, yes. So it's something that we can learn from them. Adapt we all need to work model. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on the phone, you mentioned that Kona's been your longest employer yes. so far. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, the reason I think Kona's been my longest employer is because they have several opportunities. I was able to do department director, a service line director, and now a CNO. And what I love is the culture. When we went through the culture transformation, that was awesome, working with Insignium. Um, because it helped us build who we were. And we I don't think we had that. I hadn't seen a hospital do that, to actually focus on the culture. Because if you have the right culture, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And that has kept me here, and it helped me. Transparency is key. That is something that I live and breathe by. And I saw Cone Health being very transparent. We went through several things where we had to go through right sizing, where we had to lay some people off. Don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> um, so when we experienced that, I think after that is when we realized we need to work on our culture. Mm-hmm. And if we work on our culture, we can do anything. And look at where Cone is now. We've done so many things. Absolutely. And I think that's what's kept me here. Um, and I love change. One thing I can say about Cone Health System, they are all about change. Anything new and bright that's coming out, they're going to try and do it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I love innovation. There's a ton of innovation here. Um, and I've worked, like I said, I worked in hospitals before where that wasn't there. I have to have that to be able to thrive. So, yes, this is the longest I've ever worked anywhere. Well, it sounds like you love coming to work every day. Oh, so I do. That's very important. Yes, definitely. Now we're going to move into the lightning round questions. Okay. These are just sweet, simple, to the point. Okay. What's something that would surprise people about your day-to-day? Hmm. That would surprise them? Oh, I think one thing that would surprise them, because I'm very energetic and, like, I'm talking in, you know, socializing with people, is that when I get home and, like, on the weekends, I just kind of want to just be me and family. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of want to watch TV and just be calm and relaxing. I think that would shock them because... They see me as somebody who's always doing something. Right, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more low key. At yes. Home. Mm-hmm. What is one book or podcast that you would recommend to aspiring leaders? So, the one book that I love is um, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And what that talks about is it's talking about change, that you cannot lead the same way in every instance. And that's why I think I love that because, as I think I was telling you, with coaching, I realized I had to listen mm-hmm. and I need to be inquisitive. And that's kind of what that book teaches you. And then I would, I do want to say that my other favorite one is the Lean In book, and it's because don't be afraid to lean in and say what your ideas are and step into that space. What's one thing on your bucket list you hope to accomplish soon? Hmm. So the sad thing is I don't have a bucket list, and I keep saying I'm going to create <laughs> one. Um, but I would say the one thing, well, I've already, the one that I wanted to create, I mean, wanted to do was go to Hawaii, which I did last year. Okay. So since I've made that accomplishment on my bucket list, I am kind of excited that, I don't You're know, I hadn't thought, I really am. Mm-hmm. I haven't really thought of anything else, but um, the main thing is just spending time with my child. If you could choose to be in any other role here at Cone Health, what would that be? Hmm. I would say I probably would choose to go back to being a bedside nurse. I really miss that sometimes. Mm -hmm. What is the best advice you receive that you would like to pass on to others? 
So the best advice I received is um, make sure you don't lose yourself. Um, and what I mean by that, at one point in time in my career here, I was taking in so much advice from people that I was totally changing who I was. And my leader looked at me and said, Laverne, where's Laverne? You are taking so much advice and you're actually doing everything that people's asking you to do that you're losing yourself. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to never lose yourself. Be who you are. Because people will know when you're not being transparent and when you're not being authentic. So be your authentic self. I like that. Mm -hmm. Well, Laverne, it's been a pleasure getting to speak with you and hear about your career story. For those listening to this interview, if you have any questions for Laverne, feel free to reach out to her at the email address in the comments below. Thanks again, Laverne. Thank you. Thank you.